Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. Um, this is Alex. Um, sorry, I almost introduced myself by my full job title. That's how many uh, Skype meetings I've been on over the last 60 days or however long this fucking pandemic's lasted. Uh, but no, it, it is just Alex tonight. Um, I leave my other hats at the door and I'm joined by Adam, albeit uh, temporarily. Adam, how are you? Uh, I'm sleep deprived. Yes. High five. Uh, I'm. I'm... Yeah, I've been up since four, mm. and I work today. Yep. But rugby's but look, hey, um, I can watch rugby and have baby. Yes. So, what can't beat that? <laughs> watch rugby, have baby. <laughs> sounds sounds great. Really, the the sleep deprived Adam has really got his, his like personality down to the bare necessity. Yeah. Like, this is watch, like watch, watch rugby, have baby. Yeah, I'll strip down Adam. <laughs> 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 it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and finally joined by Ben. How are you doing, Ben? I'm well, thanks for you, Alex. That's good. I'm okay. I, I'm. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sleep deprived because my kids, after about a year, figured out that it's nice to sleep through the night. Yeah, I'm. So I'm kind of like in between you and Ben. Uh, I mean, you know. Yeah, like yeah the... we sort of we sort of the, the three phases of father, or you could and if. Matt is not on today, but if Matt was on, we would get the fourth phase where yeah. it's like super well rested. Yeah, like like <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, just I, drank all the I, time. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sleep deprived because I was drunk all night having sex. Like <laughs> getting in a bath. like well done, like yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty much so, stripped down Matt's personality. So there you go, drunk all night yeah. having sex. Um, yeah. Speaking of Matt, couldn't make it. Too busy with the sex. So, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just the three of us today, but we do have quite a bit to get on with, uh, so I'm going to launch right into the news, and then we'll start reviewing uh, round two of uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa, and we can chat about the games that are coming up. So, um, there's a lot of news stories, but very few of them are particularly substantial, so I'm, I'm not going to really dwell on them. Uh, first up, uh, this is chronological order from as we find out about them. Montpellier could face punishment for having dis- apparently disguised the salaries of Johan Hoos and other star players. So Montpellier are in a, 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 a pot of Saracens flavoured hot water. Um, they apparently were colluding with Johan Hoosen, who seems to kind of take controversy pretty much wherever he goes at the moment. Um, no, like, shock. Do, do you know what, like, like once again, no offence, but possibly some offence to Johan Hoosen. He didn't seem to have much of a personality, to be honest. He seemed to be pretty, you know, pretty white bread kind of guy. Yeah. But, but I, now, like, you know, you can't turn over a rock without finding Johan Hoosen, like, doing something dodgy. But at the same time, like, he's not he's not doing, like, bad boy stuff. Like, he's not jumping off barges, like Manu Lagi, you know? That's character stuff. He's just, he's just being greedy. Like, breaking your yeah, contract like, no. to go play for another club, that's not, like, ooh, dangerous. That's just, like... You're a dickhead. Yeah, it's just a bit. I feel like in a, in a TV show, like a legal eagle TV show, he would be the bad guy, defense lawyer, who like defends all the criminals and is happy to mm. get paid a shit ton of money. You know, uh, he seems like a swell guy, but uh, mm. you know, he's just always in a shit place and not no, on. I don't, I don't think he does seem know, like a swell guy. Like, I think he like seems like, like a dickhead. A... Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, it's. Dickhead. Look, I mean, these, these, these like once or twice, like you know, like everyone gets one. Like you get one sort of hiccup in your career. I feel like, 
uh, when it comes to this like the business side of things. But I mean, he he he. Re- what did he do? He retired from rugby to try and like trick. Um, yeah, to, to basically get out of contract. He like he like fake retired. Yeah, he like fake retired, which obviously like didn't stick. And this is the thing, Ben. Like I'm with you in terms of him being like a bland, uh, like sort of white bread individual. Because I don't think he's got the personality to actually. Th- yeah, but but I, come I think up with a proper actually... scheme. But we've actually seen quite a quite a few a lot of this lately, where because the same it's the same with that what's what's his, the the Rodder Lucas uh, and um, Hawkins' um, agent Pina Pinkoi. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what his name is. Like Pico, yeah. I think I think it's it's spelled P I C O. No, I think I'm just spelling Pinecone now. <laughs> well, I mean, Agent Pinecone. Like Pico, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so he. So it seems like he just has he's just in with like a rotten agent because apparently it's the same agent Vili LaRue has and he was basically there like ba- whispering kind of poison in Johan Kursen's ear and that's mm. got that's what created this whole fake retirement sort of thing. But yeah. now who's who's he with now racing? No, he's, was he he's, with well, he's with Montpellier still. So apparently have you heard about how how they kind of getting this dodgy money to him? Yeah, so I can let me let me read out let me do yeah, Adam and, and just read out this exit. So, um, they according to RMC's information, RMC presumably being the the reporter. Um, so his agent and uh, Montpellier owner Mohed Ultra had set up a front, which made it possible for Montpellier to pay Hurson in order for the player to sign with the club at a later date, despite the fact that he was still under contract with Racing. So while he was at Racing, they set up like this shadow business to funnel money to him to secure his services later on from Montpellier after his, his, he faked his own career death. Uh, this is not a direct quote. He was paid via two front companies, one in Switzerland and in Hong Kong. And this cattle company bought cattle from Hursen's company at overvalued prices to allow him to recover the money. So, <laughs> they, so they were buying cows from him and paying Jeez. like double the price. Sounds like classic tender fraud, bro. <laughs> yeah, but like it's... <laughs> It's like it's scummy, I mean, like. It's, but it's scummy, but it's also it's stupid. Like it's crazy. such a. I mean, I mean, maybe it's not that stupid. Maybe it's maybe it almost worked. Um, would have, you would have got away with it too if it weren't for those <laughs> yeah. damn tax accountants. So when well, he arrived at the club, SWAT, who was his, I think his agent, um, told him he's no longer willing to represent him, as he feared the taxes that would arise. <laughs> You know, fear the rising taxes. Anyway, um, look, I don't think we need to dwell on this. So, like, I mean, the last thing to say is that um, Swart, who was part of this dodgy deal, represents a number of, of the South Africans who are at Montpellier, of which there are many. Um, and it's rumoured that there are a number of other cases where the club is paying players well below their market value in order to stay within cap, and then disguising their payments through some other slush fund, which is pretty much exactly what happened at Saracens. So... You know, I mean, look, we we came down crashing pretty hard on Saracens because they're um, pretty unlikable. But you know, we need to do the same for Montpellier. I don't, I don't mean us on the pod. I mean, you know, we'll bang, we'll chat shit about anyone. <laughs> we, we, we'll we'll defame anyone. Yeah, we we just want to get sued. <laughs> but um, you know, the rugby world needs to come down pretty hard on this because it seems like it's just as bad, if not as effective. Um, but okay, so let's let's leave um, Johan Gerson where he belongs, which is in the past. 
Um, new news, uh, Sinta Jersey is expected to join the Vodacom Bulls from 1 July, which is exciting news for him. He's quite a good player, I think. I like him. He went to my school, so I'm biased. But it's a player swap. They are releasing Roscoe Speckman to the Cheetahs. And um, I... So, I mean, I'm happy for Jersey because he's making dollar. But, I mean, it feels like every week we're discussing a new loose forward joining the Bulls and how they're, they're going to be redundant. Last week it was Nizam Carr. The week before it was, like, it was Anabuerta or whoever. Um, I mean, at the moment they've got... They've got Van Staden, they've got Jason Jenkins, they've got Ambongila Nakantwana, they've got Dwayne Vermeulen, they've got Arno Buerta, they've got Nizam Carr, now they've got Sinti Manjezi, who's like a lock slash blindside. Um, they've still got guys like Tim Agaba. I don't know who else they've got on their books, but they probably have like one or two junior, like former junior Springboks or something. It just seems gratuitous, and like all of this while they've got one center in Berger Odendahl, who's pretty shit. And now losing Speckman, they've got, you know, one serviceable outside back in the form of uh, Cornell Hendricks. I mean, they've just signed Travis Ishmael. I don't know how what his form is like, but if they're banking on him to hold down the wing in Speckman's place, I'd be a little bit worried. Um, they've lost Warwick to the Stormers because they brought in Gio Aplon. So, I don't know, it just seems like a, they're, they're trying to polish a turd at this point. Um, I don't know, I mean, it's classic Jake White. So, you know, they'll probably win a Curry Cup or two and then everything's going to fall to shit. Anyway, um, cool. Anyway, other player news. Um, also returning players, potentially, hasn't been confirmed yet, but um, Lions are looking apparently at bringing back Lionel Mapu and Ruan Combrink. Um, Lionel Mapu is a bit of a strange one because they worked quite hard to keep uh, Wadisile Simulani from leaving to the Stormers successfully. Well, they've kept him. Yeah. They've kept him. Completely. No, I know. They've so. kept him, but they, you know, it was at their own volition. Like, he wasn't begging to stay. Mm. So, mm. it's a bit of a weird move for them to now go out of their way to get a returning player, a stalwart of the club, in the same position. But we'll see if, if that actually materializes. Ron Combrink, look, I mean, for me, he's one of those, like, what might have been players. He's 30 years old now. Um, he hasn't had the career that I think most people expected him to have. Uh, and it is actually a, a, a positional need for them, wing slash fullback, um, because they've lost Tyrone Green now, who they were, I think, banking on being the runner-up or like the heir apparent to Andres Kutsia at fullback. Um, and they've also lost Madosh Tambwe to the Sharks, and I think a lot of people were hoping he'd step up as a long-time starter for them. So, yeah, look, I mean, the Lions, very different situation to the Bulls, uh, but I don't know. I, I think, I don't, I don't entirely hate this, but the Mapu move in particular is, is got my my eyebrows slightly raised, shall we say. Uh, yeah, my issue with Mapu is this, he's just not as quick as he used to be. Uh, I, I'm not that impressed with, like, Dan Creel or whoever else the Lions have uh, at 12. Um, but maybe he'll be there to add some add some experience and, and Combrink I guess same thing um, it'd be good to have him have him in the back line but yeah it seems a bit of a back to the future sort of move but what are you going to do yeah yeah do you know do you know I think it's kind of any port in the storm at this point where they <laughs> they they obviously they obviously yeah, kind we'll of, they obviously kind of reeling so they just kind of 
fuck, we they basically just need players and they're not too mm. they're not too fussy. Maybe a year ago, like they wouldn't even consider something like this, but yeah. obviously it's like de- desperate times. Eh? Yeah. Well, we'll see. I hope I wish them all all the best. Um, a little bit more player news, slightly further abroad. Chris Robshaw, um, former England captain, he signed for the San Diego Legion in Major League Rugby. So he's the latest. Uh, fairly high-profile name to join the North American competition, um, following in the footsteps of guys like Ma Nanu and Buster Rood and who else? There were a few others, weren't there? Beast. Beast, of course. Oh, fuck, I keep forgetting Beast. I feel like he's retired now. But uh, yeah. Um, anyway. No, no. I, I think it's going to be more and more because there was that talk that Jack Maddox said. And, and Jack Maddox as well, a player like that isn't... Um, like he's still in his like, prime. N- yeah, like yeah, and Rob Shaw are kind of, you know, they they kind of, they passed it. But mm. Maddox is still in his prime, so... So, I mean, you know, you know how, you know how much we joke about the names of, like, ML, MLR players and, like, how it's, it's just like a made-up yeah. league being simulated yeah. and they're all just regens. Have you guys... Yeah, have you guys... Do you guys know what the MLR commissioner's name is? No. So you know there's like a commissioner, like the NFL commissioner is Roger Goodell. Yeah, yeah. And like they, it's the yeah. same as like in our fantasy, like there's a commissioner and he looks after the rules or whatever. The MLR commissioner's name is George Killebrew. <laughs> I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's K-I-L-L-E, like killer, and then B-R-E-W. Like brew, he's killer brew. Maybe it's maybe it's kitty brew. Maybe it's kitty brew at best. But I'll take killer brew. Maybe maybe it's kill le brew. Kill brew. Kill brew. We make him a bit kind of Jewish sounding now. It could be Jewish. I mean, it's got it's got brew at the end. I mean, maybe it could be Yiddish. Um, and and if that wasn't enough for you, he's also a former Mavericks executive. So, <laughs> there you go. Wait, in Cape Town? The Mavericks in Cape Town? No, I don't think oh, so. I think... I think uh, oh, you mean... <laughs> I mean uh, the basketball team? Sorry. <laughs> um, no, I, mean, I also thought Mavericks in Cape Town, but uh, it's, I don't think it's... Yeah, it's sorry, but those who don't know, Mavericks like the, the, strip, the main strip club in Cape Town. I was just like, what? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, it's the Dallas Mavericks, I assume. I assume so, too. Um, anyway, yeah, George okay. Killebrew. Um, okay, let's move on to more serious stuff. Um, all right, let's, there's a few more uh, player, uh, one one last bit of player news. Curtly Beal's apparently requested and been granted an early exit from his Waratahs contract. Um, apparently, he feels that the upcoming Super Rugby Australia competition is a bit gimmicky, and for a 31-year-old, uh, you know, probably an unnecessary risk because I mean, there's really nothing on the line. It's a bit of a dead rubber. And it's not like he needs the exposure, so he probably feels like he's putting his body on the line for not much um, reward. But didn't didn't Rainy not include him in some squad or something? Yeah, yeah, That's they right. did. They had a um, like a sort of like a monitoring group. Or something. Yeah, exactly right. There was like a players of nas- national interest list. Uh, I don't think they actually <laughs> did anything, but it was just like a list. I don't know. It was a bit weird. And, so they, just, um, just, see, they, they did this just to snub Beal. There mm. was no other reason. For it's like list. that episode of The Office when Robert California has a has a winners and losers list in his in his notebook. 
Have you guys seen that? No. Oh, okay. Sorry, I forgot I was surrounded by Philistines. Sorry, um, no, I still watch The Office. Okay. Um, uh... But yeah, so you know, he, he missed out. He, he, he feels like he's off the radar at national level. He's apparently admitted that he his form isn't what it should be. Um, That's true. Which is definitely <laughs> true. Like he's not been playing particularly well. And I mean, I thought this year going to Super Rugby, he was going to be like a, a star player for the the Waratahs with the, a lot of new guys coming in, like Will Harrison. Um, I kind of expected him to be running the show, but I, it was actually like the the new guys who stepped up and were definitely the star players. So he he's faded away, and I think probably this is a good move for him. He's got a two year deal with Racing Metro, um, and that only starts next year they were expecting him to play out the season for Waratahs but he's obviously feels like it's better for him to take a step back and maybe just I don't know work on work on his own game and rest the body a bit which I think is probably a good idea honestly I think in a lot lot of ways the hot battery in terms of his career this isn't a bad move at all actually it makes sense and I mean I think I think this like this forced rest for a lot of top players is actually going to be really good like a guy Mm -hmm. like Beal he got through the first part of Super Rugby unscathed, and like his his racing deal obviously isn't jeopardized now. And I mean, there's something like this could add an, a year or two to his form because he can recover a bit better. So, pretty good move. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a sad ending. I mean, you know, he's he's the most capped Waratahs player in, in history. Um, he's almost a Wallaby Centurion. He might still become one. Uh, and I just feel like he's. You know, in many ways, he's been like the face of of the Australian Rugby Conference. I think, for me, like I, when I think Australian Rugby, the first player I think of is usually Curtly Beal. Um, well, he's still, well, he, of, he, he's still on a lot of like advertising and stuff as well for them. So yeah, I mean, he's high profile. Yeah, and so. he'll still have lost us. He'll always have lost. <laughs> he'll always have lost. Sitting in his yeah. back, sitting <laughs> in his back pocket. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's a bit of a sad farewell to to one of Super Rugby's most iconic players, I think, um, at least of our era. Okay, um, closing that tab. All right, so some sad news, uh, but not unexpected. The World Rugby Under Twenty Trophy competition was set to take place in Spain, which would have been a fucking amazing destination to go to. Ah, okay. um, I want to get to a up. point in my life where I can just follow the the Junior World Cup around the world wherever it goes. Um, Anyway, uh, it was set to take place in September and has now been officially cancelled due to the, the COVID pandemic. So they obviously were kind of hanging tight and seeing if things were going to get better, but it's just impossible. Like, there's no way, with so many moving parts, like, it's, it's one thing to have, like, an outer or domestic competition, but when you've got so many countries needing to tick boxes to get, like, to meet the return to play protocols, it's just never going to happen for an event of this magnitude. So, it is sad, but um, yeah, that's a crop. There's a crop of juniors who we unfortunately won't get to see. And yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of a guy like um, like Jaden Hendricks from the Sharks, who was starting for the juniors last year ahead of Sonela Nohamba, but he's a year younger, so he would have, I assume, had a clear run in at the jersey this year for the junior Springboks. Um, but I guess we won't get to see him in that jersey again, which is a bit sad for him. But yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what what they do if they if they try and maybe have next year's be like an under twenty one instead of an under twenty, so that those guys can no, get no, exposure. No, but... no, that'd be a, be a nice, a nice touch. I think. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, it's it becomes like a domino effect because then 
for every guy that yeah, then, gets then, picked uh, next year because he was going to get picked this well, year. Almost, almost you, you, you should have two sort of parallel ones. You should just have a under-21 one and an under-21 next year and then just kill mm. it. But I mean... Yeah, but then... Yeah, no, like the, yeah. the smaller teams can't put, put together two. But I don't know. I just think it's... Look, as someone who's working quite close to the ground on some of this COVID stuff, like this is a, a footnote in terms of the impact. And I feel like, you know, people, are, I've seen people on Twitter being like, oh, but these poor kids, like it's their future careers, whatever, like canceling Craven Week, canceling under 20 rugby. Like there are going to be guys out there, like the Sia Khaleesi's, the Makazolima Pimpies of the world, guys come from coming from underprivileged backgrounds who might have been able to leverage a competition like this into a, a full career. For the most part, though, I think we all know that 90%, not 90%, but like, if you were going to be picked for the Junior Springboks, you're probably going to have a contract already anyway. For this, like for teams like Georgia, it's, it's a bigger issue. I get that, but it's just a setback. Like there's there's worse things to happen than having a tournament cancelled, and like I just think, as with a lot of events, rather than trying to postpone it and fit two into the next annual cycle or whatever, just take just take the bullet and just cancel it and move on. It just unfortunately it just has to be that simple. I think. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, sorry, guys. I feel like I've, I've been dominating a bit, but uh, we're almost done with the news. Just two pieces left. Um, so this one comes to us from the New Zealand Herald. South Africa coach Rossi Rasmus was apparently undergoing chemotherapy at the World Cup last year. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's quite a bizarre headline, but apparently... So it's not, it's, it's not cancer, um, but he was diagnosed with autoimmune... Uh, which was microscopic polyangelitis with granulomatosis in early 2019. So that was the beginning of last year. Uh, the disease can severely impact the lungs, kidneys, sinuses, and trachea, but apparently leaves no meaningful impact on one's ability to coach the Springboks to a uh, Rugby World Cup winning campaign. Like, imagine how we would have dominated if Rassi was at, like, 100%. Yeah. Or maybe maybe he was like in that sweet spot where he was like a little bit ma- like a little bit mad, uh, like just mad okay. enough to do things like like play a sixty-two bench the entire tournament and call a middle of the field rolling ball. Uh, kind of like um, kind of like when you've had two beers and you're that perfect kind yeah, of middle he was drunk. Buzzing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel like if he'd been if he'd been fully fit, like also maybe it was like a mortality thing. Maybe he was like fuck it. You only live once. Time to roll up yeah. the ball in the middle of the field. Like, you know. Um, time to call Francois Stein out of retirement, basically. And Scott Brits. Whereas if he'd been healthy, he would have been like, no, nah, let's, just, let's just play it safe. I, I, can always, I can always win next World Cup if I don't win this one. <laughs> so, so when he was talking about getting yourself into battles, yeah. you know, and sacrifice. Uh, he, uh, came from the heart. It was really meta. Yeah. Really meta shit. Yeah really was anyway um so they don't actually say oh so they do say sorry according to the report um sorry i gave new zealand herald the credit for this but it was broken in the report um erasmus continued with the treatment until march this year and it was considered successful that's such a weird medical like it was considered successful <laughs> is he okay I'm like, like i'll report no isn't the doctor like Treading confidentiality lines or something like that uh, seems a bit odd. I don't know it's, where they got, I don't know where they got the quote from. Maybe it was from Rassi himself. But 
never know. Like, imagine if you, like, come oh, yeah. out of... Imagine coming out of surgery and, like, you see your doctor and you're like, how did it go, doctor? And he's like, I consider it... Okay. I consider it to have been a success. He's like, okay, <laughs> like, is that just your, you like, your opinion? Like, yeah. Am I okay? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird turn of phrase there. Anyway, mm. but uh, glad to hear that Rusty came through it all right. Um... And I look forward to seeing what he can do at 100% health. Okay, um, speaking of things that are critically ill, the Newlands <laughs> Stadium saga uh, oh, is Christ. ongoing. <laughs> the headlines, this is this morning, um, Monday. Western Province Club's fighting against white capital. Um, so quite a, quite a um, passionate headline there. Apparently, members of the clubs that make up Western Province are trying to keep black rugby, that's in quotation marks, out of the hands of what they've described as white capital, also quotation marks. Um, the union board have a vote coming up this week on the possible reversal of Investec's planned redevelopment of the Newland Stadium in order to rather accept a loan from a company called Anyside Investments. Um, <laughs> so... That that sounds really blue chip. Yeah, I, think, I would put my pension there. Yeah. Any side investments. Yeah, because they cover all sides. Oh yeah. So you can't go wrong. With all, it. All... Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, I, think, um, as, I hope like someone's I hope, I hope someone's doing like their due diligence and checking to see if Johan Hoosen's not involved with this. <laughs> and any side uh, investment. Let me guess. They uh, buy cows. I'm, they buy cows at some point. It's, 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 I'm sorry, this really makes me angry. It's such, I don't think it's about white, black, what sort of crap. It's just about the clubs, making sure they get their per diems. Um, it's about box rights, all this sort of bullshit. It's okay. Mm-hmm. This is my view. Obviously, shouting from, from Joburg, 1,400 kilometers away from Cape Town. And it's just amateurs who don't know what they're doing. And the fact that what should be the best union in the country with the most resources just keeps screwing it up because a bunch of amateurs in clubs is like a hundred clubs. Most of them aren't even running at a profit, probably surviving on handouts by the union. They don't know what they're doing. Mm. I'm sorry. You've got a bunch of, a bunch of amateurs making multi-million rand decisions. And this is partly the reason why Western Province is a shit show at this stage. It's an absolute joke. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, even when I, even when I worked in Cape Town, like maybe 10 years ago, it's the same bullshit. You can see there's a lot of pa- lot of passionate good people in club rugby, but a lot of people out there just are just self-serving mm. non our brains. So I, I, I relented my language. My, my baby's in the other room, but okay. uh, <laughs> it just it just makes me cover your ears, angry. baby. You're in cover your ears. <laughs> yeah. Papa's, Papa's angry, but he's not angry with you. I, I'm not even a, I'm not even a province fan. God, <laughs> it makes me angry. Yeah. Honestly, no, I'm with you. Um, yeah, look, it's. So this is this is a confusing one. Um, at the moment, with the, the the global climate being what it is, um, you know, applying a messaging like this to the subject is, I feel a bit uh, exploitative. Like talking, I mean, not not the global climate being what it is. It's it's a it's a narrative in South Africa with a long history, both legitimate and illegitimate. So there, there are many, um, there are you know voluminous enough to fill an ocean, cases of uh, black interests being overtaken and exploited by white capital. Um, you know that's a, that's a matter of historic record, so there's no doubting it. But yes, yeah. uh, but it, it has it has become uh, an often relied on 
sort of dog whistle in a way if you will to say that white capital is coming for for black interests in this case black rugby um as a call to arms and you know in order to try and evoke that sort of passion even when it isn't necessarily the case so i and i don't want to go out on a limb and say that that isn't what's happening because i don't i don't sit in the boardroom with the western province rugby football union um i don't look at their paperwork so i maybe it is what's happening but i find that very difficult to believe based on what we do know because what we do know is that investic has offered to pay the union 110 million for the right and to read and they've given them 50 million they've given them 50 down payment right but i mean that that's neither here nor there what i'm saying is is um you know, it's it's a one way it's not a one way deal because the union would be entitled to five percent share in the profits of the redevelopment, but I'm struggling to see the link between the investec deal and Western Province losing control of black rugby as they call it, because the investec deal doesn't have any impose any constraints on Western Province rugby union uh, to develop its game or to control, you know how the future of the unions, so why how would keeping Newlands in any way support black rugby as they call it um you know particularly when as we can see from the past you know five to six years of financial mismanagement those currently in power whether i don't know to what degree they re- they could they are considered white capital um they've just done a t- terrible fucking job so at this point you know maybe as as unfashionable as it might sound to say you know race ought not to be a factor um, and I know that that's a, a statement that carries a lot of weight and I, I wouldn't use it lightly and I definitely wouldn't use it in any context outside of this specific news article. Um, but I feel like Western Province is at a point where they can't bandy about. They need to just get the fucking job done. So if any side investments is offering a better deal than Investec, then by all means jump ship and get them to pay off your loan or to pay back whatever's owed and whatever other fees are involved. Um, you know, sure. But I'm not seeing a rugby argument being made in this article. I'm seeing an appeal to emotion uh, based on race, on race, which um, makes me a little bit suspicious because it's the last time that any mention of race is made. So I'm not seeing the link between their, their messaging, which seems to me directed at the, at the public. And the business decision, which I don't know, at the moment looks like a no-brainer. Um, anyway, I hope I hope I've walked that tightrope carefully enough. What do you guys think? It's been a bit. It's been a burning dumpster fire administratively for years, um, and this is just some bullshit. I am. I, my view of politics is very realist and, and Machiavellian, so hence hence my point of view. Mm. But it's been going on for so long. Um, it's as said, you just got amateurs at the wheel not qualified business people. And that's always been the case. I've been harping on about this for a few years now, just because the Western Province Rugby Football Union, in, in sense the clubs are the stakeholders, there's so much vested interest in politics that nothing maybe poor decisions are made or whatnot. As I said, I'm not mm. involved in decision-making process, but structurally, the inherent flaws of how the game is run in the Cape has led to these sort of problems. Yeah. So it's, a, and it's been going on for years. So that's why I don't buy, I don't buy the... Uh, so as you mentioned, the note about black versus white rugby, whatever it may be, I just think it's mm-hmm. about vested interest. Pure and simple, it's like guys protecting themselves. And it's just, uh, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. Yeah. That, that's my two cents worth. Yeah. So, no, agreed. Anyway. Um, 
I'm with you. Anyway, let's see how it turns out. I mean, it just seems like this is like the the uh, the shit on the bottom of our shoe that we can't get rid of is Western provinces <laughs> non-stop financial woes. Um, guys, one last story, actually quite closely related to this one, which we didn't pick up on the group, but it broke today. Um, yeah. Which is that South African rugby has taken control of the SA Kings, the Southern Kings. Again. Again, with extreme reluctance, according to Mark Alexander, who's the SA rugby president. Um, it was confirmed on Monday that uh, 74% shareholding in the organization has been reclaimed by SA rugby after their now failed um, experiment with privatization. Um, so if you thought any side investment was uh, a red flag... Oh, I, I thought... I thought <laughs> the greatest, oh, the rugby, company. The greatest <laughs> rugby company in the whole wide world. I was, I was quite positive about the greatest rugby company. I, I mean, it's, it's hard not to be. I mean, they're the greatest rugby company in the whole wide world. <laughs> anyway, I mean, so yeah, before the takeover um, last year... SA Rugby was administrating the, the club because of how, how much they struggled financially. Um, and Alexander commented, I cannot stress enough how reluctant we are to resume control of the Southern Kings. <laughs> so God, they're just like, no one wants them at this point. He says, it is our last resort. He sounds upset. Um, and we are keen to explore ways to return the shareholding to another's hands. This also feels like an appeal. He's like, if you have any ideas... Get hold of me. Get hold what of me about, on Twitter. Why don't Why don't Why don't any any side investment buy this? That's a good point, actually. Maybe if the Investec deal falls through, they'll be able to, or maybe Investec will. They'll have 110 million to spare. Yeah. Um. It seems like a winner. Yeah. Well, but but yeah. God, uh, like, but then any side investment would want that as well. Oh, it would just get complicated, yeah. really. Yeah, anyway, it just sounds like a complete fuck-up. Um, so I'm, I'm sure there'll be more on that to come this week. But yeah, um, the greatest rugby company in the whole wide world, apparently we're not great enough to solve Eastern Province rugby's woes. And it's a real yeah, shame. Players, I mean, well, look, we've, like, we've, we've spoken about this. Say again? They paid players late, I think in April yeah, or May or something like that. I mean, that's, but that's been happening. I mean, that's shitty they expect that by now. Um, yeah. But anyway, look, I, I think it's it's... It probably isn't. Un, it yeah, isn't probably. not COVID related. I think we can probably say that they were probably they didn't have enough room for error, and COVID came along and they just got fucked. But yeah, yeah it's just it's a bit tragic. Okay, that's it for the news, guys. Sorry, that was quite a laborious news section. I feel like I made a meal out of that, but we've been going for just over half an hour. Um, shall we talk about something a bit more fun? Yes, rugby, rugby, actual field. actual rugby, not the back of house bullshit. Um, cool. Did you guys manage to catch the games this weekend? Yep. Okay, Ben? No, actually, I missed the first one. I was playing golf. Okay, I was going to say... You Sorry, were... guys, I missed, I, missed, I missed a lot of golf during lockdown. No, fair enough. I, missed, I mean, you missed a lot of rugby, yeah. too, but you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to judge yeah, your choices. True, um, okay, yeah. Adam, do you want to break down game number one for us? Uh, Chiefs what was the first one? It Chiefs, was the... Chiefs, please. Was it... Chiefs Blues. Oh yeah. Um, for all that, uh, first of all, yeah, the Blues were, I think, professional. Hoskins Sosotu is going nowhere with another eight jersey. Akira Oani was actually very impressive um, at six. Mm-hmm. So his work rate was really high. And I just think, I mean, I mentioned this on on, on the group on, on Facebook. Having Barrett at fifteen just adds a lot of calmness to the Blues. The Blues are looking really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
They got all the right tools and all the right places. Rico had a quiet game, and that, yeah. in the end, they won comfortably, which is interesting. And I think the Chiefs, all the firepower up front, they're struggling, I think, in their tight five, particularly in lock, um, and they're missing Sam Kane quite a lot as well. Um, even with Lachlan Boucher doing his best at the breakdown, the Blues are just good value for money, hey? Uh, I can't wait for that Blues-Crusaders clash. And the Blues are looking... I'm a little bit worried for the Highlanders. If the Highlanders aren't up for it, they're going to get smashed by by the Blues. So, And, and Patrick Tupolotti was... Uh, he was excellent. So, mm. yeah, man. Blues are looking looking hot. They are. So, and, uh, so it was a good game. It's a, uh, Super Rugby um, in New Zealand at the moment. Awesome. But, geez, the Blues are looking... I mean, I wish I had more Blues on my fantasy team. Like I got Kurt Eklund. Don't you <laughs> You've got <laughs> got the wrong hooker. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have the worst Blues players. I got some of the others. But, what are you? Uh, what are you? Oh, what are you clinging on to Kurt Eklund for? Like, what's what's your best case scenario here? Um, what's, what's nobody else has him, so his price can't drop. Oh, that's true. <laughs> unless, that's true. Well, unless, his price his has... price can drop if he if he misses two games in a row. Oh, okay. Well, fuck it. I don't. I don't have enough money to offload him. But but anyway, the, uh, he's just like this cancer in my team. Same as Mark Allardyce and his fuck knee or whatever it was, his shoulder. So um, well, you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, Adam, Ru- Ru- Rusty Rusty won a World Cup while having chemo, so maybe you could, <laughs> you know, cut Kirk Eklund out and uh, still win. <laughs> I got so much. Dude, I have so much garbage, garbage on my bitch. But yeah. But, Blues are great, man. I and believe, um, uh, I can't believe Ben, ben just compared Kurt Eklund to microscopic polyangelitis. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I also wonder what Solomon Alamalo is doing on the bench. Well, uh, like, I think probably Sean knew he was probably one of the best, better Chiefs in the day. Yes, um, I agree but, yeah, with Chiefs that. are struggling. Yeah. Look, I mean, uh, for me, um, I, I've got an ongoing thing with Phil about Sean Stevenson. Uh, Phil thinks he's amazing. I think he's garbage. I, I, um, I like Sean Stevenson. So yeah. I'm a Phil. Yeah, I don't know. He, he just, I just, I've, I've watched him. I've been watching him for a while now, obviously, and I have seen him at his best, and it is good, right? I mean, he's a, he's a New Zealand outside back. Like he's he's got magic feet, he's got an eye for a gap. Like he 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 can like be a really good opportunist kind of winger, which I like. But he goes missing in so many games. Like I can't tell you how okay. many times I've seen him, or I mean, just like not seen him. Like in this game, um, I'll give you I'll give you some perspective. Uh, I think he made one run. Yeah, you know, you're close. Um, so every single starting starting back made at least seven carries. Um, so Brad Weber, Aaron Crude, and Sean Wainui each made six, seven. Oh, sorry, Anton Leonard Brown only made six. That's quite bad for him. Um, but Quintupaya made ten carries. Damian McKenzie touched the ball twenty times. Sean Stevenson twice. Two carries the whole game. Like, he just doesn't look for work. Like, he doesn't look for anything. It either comes to him and he, like... Every every time I've seen him do something good, it's been kind of, like, put on a platter for him. And then he makes it look great because he's that kind of a player. But he doesn't... Like, he's not going to win a game for you. Someone else is going to have to do it for him, you know? Uh, anyway, sorry, I didn't, want, I didn't mean to turn this into a Sean Stevenson uh, pile on. But... Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, but interestingly enough, the Chiefs no tries. All the points came from the boot of Damien McKenzie. Yes, uh, uh, that was the first time they've kept trialless. Where did I see since 2016 or something like that? Wow, it's, uh, it's like been four years. Well, it's been a long time since they haven't kept okay. a try. Jesus, I didn't like see that. that. Yeah. That's quite hectic, though. 
But, I mean, it's it's tough to know where their problem is because, I mean, you mentioned Allardyce being out. They've now got two rookie locks in Natoa mm-hmm. Agua, who I think is great. He's good. He's yeah, good. No, and and, and Tupavai, who I'm, I'm like actually all in on in terms of bandwagoning. I've got him <laughs> in my fantasy team. So there is, I am a bit selfish in that regard. I want his price to go up, please. But um, I actually do like him. Like He's got a really good work rate. Um, and between the two of them, they made... Oh, actually, interesting. I've just I've just sung two provides work rate praises. He only made three tackles. <laughs> no. Just goes to show you what bias can do. Uh, but Nato Aqua made twelve tackles and a turnover, so he's he's good. Uh, he's but good. the he's, question is, he's a good player. Like I, I think he's better than to provide. No, no, I mean he, pr- he probably is. But like, my point is, are are they enough? Because. No, this is a no, Chiefs no, team no. with a lot of injuries. So Sam Kane's out, but Lachlan Boshi is playing great rugby anyway. Um, they've got Atumoli injured. They've got Angus Talva injured, but they still have two all-black props in Aiden Ross and Nipolalala. Um, it just seems like they're missing... Uh, there's like this massive Brody retatic shaped hole in the Chiefs pack. And mm. it just seems like they all got so used to Brody doing so much of the heavy lifting that no one's actually noticed that they need to step up and take his place and you can have I, I, I think yeah. I think this is going to become a problem in New Zealand rugby They're, it's yeah. just uh, they got too many they got too many flair players yeah. and not enough oaks who will just it's, I, I, know, I know we often bang on with it it's the same problem England actually had during the World Cup by putting mm. Itoja at lock mm. you just don't have enough guys clearing rucks yeah. Pushing in malls, kind of doing ugly work. You that's, see the muscle. That's like you got to acknowledge. Mm. It's sort of it's it's vital for a team to function. You need Oaks doing cuck jobs. Like, yeah. And yeah, no, just sorry. Yeah, basically, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so it's a, it's a shame. I you guys know from the the team previews we did, I expected the Chiefs to come second. Um, I've very, very much revised that downwards, and I'm, I'm with. I think all three of you actually said that the, you thought the Blues were going to come second, and you were clearly correct. No, uh, you think the Blues are going to win? Um, look, I'm. I don't know, dude. I'm very excited. Gonna, I'm very excited to see the Blues play the Crusaders. Okay. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to start changing, changing nappies now to like crowbar <laughs> that time in my, in my, in my calendar. Is it, is it the Sunday game? You're only going to start changing game. nappies now? No, 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 no. But like, up by work rate. You know, like Adam, a career. Adam, I, like I'm, a career not to, so. not to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I'm a, I'm a super experienced dad or whatever. But nappies aren't the kind of thing. You can't just like change 10 nappies and then your kid, you won't need to change a nappy for like three weeks. That's not how it works. So. Like no, you're only going to change nappies when there's shit in them. Or, or well, I literally had my hand covered in shit this morning so i'm well aware of the risks of um wait 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 till wait till you you've got your nice white work shirt on and then oh, just as you basically stepping out the door like oh hey honey do you mind quickly changing his nappy yeah sure not a good <laughs> idea <laughs> i yeah i sometimes if it's in some i used to strip down bare chested to change nappies just in case um <laughs> take me Take me yeah. <laughs> anyway, but to answer your question, we're not we're not going to see we're not going to see Crusaders Blues until round five. Um, that's yeah. the first leg. That's on a Saturday, but quite excitingly, it's also the very last game of the whole thing. Blues Crusaders in Auckland. Also, it could so, potentially decide it. That could be the decider. I would love that. Would be so good. That would be, 
would be so good. Is it eight rounds? It's each team plays eight times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two buys. Okay, cool. Um, anyway, all right, so let's move on. So um, the Blues are very good value for their win, I think, in uh, in, in Hamilton. Um, moving mm-hmm. around to Wellington, Ben, um, you said you watched this one. Hurricanes versus Crusaders. Oh yeah, but I only I, I was I was up and down, so I'd rather you do it just in case I miss some some vital detail. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've done enough talking, but um, why don't you just tell us what you what stood out for you? Um, well, at first, like the Crusaders scored in what like fifty one seconds or something. Yeah, like it was, it was ridiculous. Just, it was actually it was ridiculous, and I, and then I was like, oh fuck, they they back. Because then they scored, because then I think the Cavs kicked the penalty, then they scored again, and I was like, fuck, they haven't missed the fucking, you know, they haven't missed the beach yet. Like, they're shit hot. But then their discipline really deteriorated, but I guess it's kind of their first game under the new stricter interpretation of the rules compared to the other teams that obviously had a game too. Yeah. So if you account for that, but... Yeah, and then it sort of it kind of unraveled a bit for for both teams. Like I wasn't overly impressed with the Canes. Uh, or we talked about it before. I don't like their their back row balance with Ardy and Duplessis Carisi. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I I don't. To be honest, I don't I don't buy Duplessis Carisi. Like I don't understand what yeah. what the what the point of him because maybe he how many balls do you reckon he turns over a game two. You do Plessy Karifi. Yeah. Uh, well, you only got one this weekend. But oh, yeah, yeah okay. I'd, I'd but say, say, I'll, say one or two. On, a, on, a be- on his best day, he'll probably make but, two. Yeah. yeah, but then he's almost guaranteed for three penalties. Yeah. Uh, hang on, let me check. Before, so, so we, you, before, before we defame him. Yeah, but before, um, before, yeah, before we defame like like yeah. that, without defaming him and forgetting yellow cards, and apparently he's only got one in like gonna, 60 games. If we're going to get sued by someone, it can't be Duplessis Karifi because he's not high profile enough for us to actually get any mileage out of it, and we'd still end up having to pay him fuckloads of money. Yeah. So, uh, but as <laughs> yeah, it happens, yeah, yeah, the, no, good, the good news is that he was, that he was in a, on a day where the Crusaders' ill discipline was the headline he still gave away the most penalties in the entire match. Which was three. Yeah. Three but, but penalties. Three. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that, that, that's par for Duplessis Karifi. That's... So, so I, I don't <laughs> see... So, so you're, making, you make, you're making a net loss on his, um, his sort of his breakdown, which I presume is why you have him in the team, because he's not, you know, he's not a super effective ball carrier, and he's not a particularly like he makes his tackles or whatever but he doesn't you know he's not racking up 18 19 tackles a game alex fact check that uh how many 18 19 he's definitely not making 18 19 he he made 11 11's pretty good he was he was the top tackler for that but 11 like your let the record show we made fair comment about about (laughs) but no but i really i don't see where where he's bringing value well, not enough. Let's say that. Not enough anyway. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't feel he's, I, I don't see where he's bringing enough value to unbalance your loose trio so much. Yeah, and I mean, particularly when you consider that they've got Via Fafita at lock, and kind of doing the same thing you were just talking about with Mario Toje. So they've taken an all-black blind yeah, side the, yeah. and moved him up to the second row to make sh- to make space for a, uh, a second, well, yeah, like a. a a second open side because what they've got in the rest of the back row with Adi Severe and Reed Princip is effectively two eighth men, 
but neither of whom are traditional eighth men. So like both Reed Princip and Artie Sevier for me feel like the sort of Sia Khaleesi type loose forwards, like the the uh, the hybrids. Like a, a luxury player. <laughs> well, I I like them. I like those sorts of players. But um, I mean, look, Reed Princip is pretty tall, so he's a lineout option. But it's just like, <sighs> he doesn't play like a linking, like a Kieran Reed. Dwayne for Mullen kind of player and like Artie no, Artie had his worst thing. game and to I've to seen me, him Gareth, but to me Gareth Evans plays like that to me he's, yeah. a, he's a more classical eight yeah I'd, ra- yeah, I'd rather play Artie at, six, at, at seven sorry and then Gareth, Gareth Evans I, I would yeah I would go Artie as a specialist open side Gareth Evans at eight and mm-hmm. Via Fafita at, at blind side because that's actually a proper that's a proper loose trio now yeah I'm mean, look I mean I'd, I'd be tempted to play because yeah. I don't think Gareth Evans is that good so I'd be tempted to play severe open side, Fafita blind side, and Reed Princip at eight. Because I do think Reed, Reed Princip's good. I just don't think he plays a linking role. But I also think that the Hurricanes don't necessarily need that if Ardy Sevilla's playing at his usual level. Because they, they've got such a good distributor in, in TJ Perinara that they... I don't think they need like a, a Dwayne Vermeulen or a Kieran Reed to be taking that many sort of linking carries. But... I just don't see the value, as you said, of, of the Duplessis Karifi pick. Um, so he made 11 tackles. That is quite impressive. But there's no excuse for Vaifafita to be making two tackles, which is how many he made. So it's. He's, he's also kind of goes missing sometimes. Yeah, so this is the thing. Like it, it is a, it, it's a selection problem, but it, it's actually more fundamentally a performance problem. Like Duplessis Karifi, we can talk till the sun goes down about his skill set. But he tries hard. That's like his his defining feature, is is effort, and you've got to give him credit for that because Vaifafita went missing, Tyrell Lomax went missing, uh, Adi Sevilla went completely missing. Um, uh, I he, feel like he got more nullified. An eight, he's not a great eight. I've, I I don't know. I don't think Adi Sevilla can be nullified. I think if he if he's nullified, he'd nullify himself. Like I just <laughs> he think he wasn't playing off. hard enough. I, honestly, like. I, Again, like maybe it's my um, like Tupavai bias coming through again, but like I just think Adi Sevier is one of the most ridiculously talented and unstoppable players in New Zealand rugby, which is saying something. I understand he's coming off injury, and that's obviously a factor, but I don't think that he, the the Crusaders like outfought him. Um, like he no, just, he just I, I, I don't. I don't think a Super Rugby side can nullify Adi. Potentially an international side can. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean but sure, not, sure. not not a suit. Especially the Crusaders. The Crusaders they're, forwards are decent, they're but they're not. I don't know. They, no, Crusaders are at international level, essentially. Like their team is stacked, bro. Bleeding. No, but not at the moment. They're, 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 like, if you look at their forwards. No, no, but, but even. Like their, their back five the, is, is, is like. So Sam Whitelock, obviously. Fine, but like Mitch Dunshee. Cullen Grace, Billy Harmon, good. Fetu Douglas, like those are good names. Those are top Yo, super rugby names, but none of them like those but guys. But they're good. They're good super rugby players. They're not. They're yeah. not All Blacks stars no. yet. No, sure, but we're Grace, talking. But we're talking yet. about no, a game no, that yet, just happened yet, this weekend. Yeah, we're talking about now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not the um, yeah. But but also also the the Saders backs. It reminds me of fuck. Who was it? The oh, oh, like almost like great. the Australian backline. Mm. Where they just all like, where they just all attacking weapons, 
Yeah. And actually, like, none of them are really that, you know, in a really gritty game, would you want that backline? You know, pissing with rain at fucking at Murrayfield, would you put that backline on the field? Oh. I wouldn't mind Reese. Reese goes looking for work. He gets down and dirty. Um, that's a fair point. I'm just trying to think. Will Jordan sleep? I, I mean, I'm, I'm on the Will Jordan yeah. bandwagon, so. Yeah, I mean, they got Lester. If, I could, if I could buy cows from him, I would put it that way. What's the, Lester? What's his surname? Forgive me. Fine guy. Oh, I don't want He's really good. Wait, and he's he, poor guy's land. He couldn't even get on the field. He's well, like, yeah, they, well, they didn't even play. Oh, Manata Mateelli's like not even like. Yeah. Yeah. He can't even make the match squad. And then David Havili loses a bit of weight, comes back. He looked a bit thinner. Brew brushes off tackles, taking line. Oh, I'm going to play 12. Is Braden in or um, pull the hammy? Which is a bit worrying, actually. He, he, that, that sort of injury keeps happening. I know Jack Goodhue had a good mare, had a, a shocker. Mm, um, but I just genuinely felt the Crusaders didn't get out of third gear. Yeah, in a I, weird way. I, I agree. I mean, I think there was it was no, their first no, game. They, like, they just, uh, they're pretty a bit rusty, and they won comfortably. But but, uh, but now now we we've pointed out two things: one, Viafita playing lock, and two, the Crusaders just ridiculous like oversubscription of talent. Mm-hmm. But New Zealand <laughs> have central contracting that they sh- they shouldn't run into problems like this mm-hmm. because now now they should say, okay, listen, Matayeli, uh, Lester Fanganaku, you guys go to. Well, the, ideally the, the Highlanders. The Highlanders, like, you know, they the, they Ben's team. The poor Highlanders have to play Sam Gilbert. Yeah, but the poor Highlanders have to play Gilbert. And, yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, look, the poor <laughs> Highlanders beat the Chiefs. Fucking poor, poor, poor they have to spread out the fucking broadcasting yeah. studios. <laughs> but, but like, uh, but I mean, th- this is the kind of thing that centralized contracting is meant to prevent. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. Co- on you know, and like co- the thing co- is. Coaches being idiots, playing what their team needs instead of what New Zealand rugby needs. Yeah. So it's, it's basically yeah, a whole a whole conference it's of it's a whole conference of Jake Whites. <laughs> yeah. No, because cause if you think about it, Sever Reese, who now you know is one of the best wingers in the world, you know probably yeah. the best atta- attacking winger in the world, yeah. is um, he probably wouldn't have even got a start for the Crusaders if it wasn't for injuries. Yeah. No, fair enough. And, then, you, and we would, we would never. Ridiculous. Yeah, and, and and if that, even if that had yeah. happened, like even if if Matele had hadn't gotten injured, if it like we would have seen Reese on the bench, which means we wouldn't even know the name Will Jordan beyond his junior or black exploits and his like minor ten cup. Like, how, but like this is what this is what pisses me off even even more is that guys like Will Jordan can actually afford to sit around for like two years marinating on the bench. And still not like skip a beat when they finally get to take the field, whereas like our junior rugby stars will sit on a bench for two years and then they'll they'll come on and they'll be like, like overweight and like like clueless about how to play rugby, or they'll just go to France. What do you think? Um, there's a thing. Who, who did the Saders play? The Highlanders. What the Next. Saders? Oh, uh, who do they? Oh play? no, the Blues. The Blues play the Highlanders. No, yeah, the Blues. The Saders. They play, they play the Chiefs. Oof. Yeah. So let's, little, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. We haven't really been doing Super Brew, but um, Blues Highlanders, uh, Eden Park, I guess, Saturday morning. What do you guys think? Highlanders are going to get battered. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do feel in a weird way they're actually, individually, they're not as good as the Chiefs. I know they beat the Chiefs anyway, but they are, they're quite a gritty sort of team, hmm. which will be interesting to watch, but I think the Blues will just, I think they'll blow them away. 
uh, towards the end. There's also the outside backs. I actually liked um, the 15. He's seventh player, actually. I've actually lost his name. He's dirt cheap. In he's he's, the, he's the cheapest player. player in the league. Karoy. Yeah, yeah, Karoy, I actually like him. money, Karoy. Oh, yeah, not, he looks dangerous. He's not so the cheapest. He's interesting. You can still get heroes. Oh, no. He doesn't score. He doesn't score uh, that well. Well, he got minus so. one in the last game. No, but he looks dangerous. <laughs> yeah. The biggest issue is size in the back three. Um, and also at 13, yeah. it, uh, uh, Josh Ioni, I don't know if he's going to... I don't know. It's going to get messy. That's yeah. all. I, I just I think, think the, the vision... Out for this season. Mm, I think he's gone for good. I thought so it was I think, just the game. I think they're looking at... No, I think he's... Oh, really? Well, I think so. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. But, oh, uh, what the fuck up? Have you still got him? <laughs> No, 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 I never had him. Oh, okay. um, I feel really bad for him. Like, finally, we are a major C since, and then he stuck yeah. with Mitch Hunt, so I know <laughs> Mitch Hunt a lot, and they did win, they did win yeah, on win the maybe. game. Well, yeah, thanks to Brent Gatlin. But, um, yeah, okay, so, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we're going we're to see a bit of a steamrolling in Auckland, but, um, I don't know, guys, do you, think, do you think the Chiefs can bounce it back against the Crusaders? No. What, what do the Chiefs need to do, given... Within the within the realm of reality, so like obviously you can't uh, say bring back Brady. I, was say bring back Brady. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I know you guys too well. Um, Realistically, what can the Chiefs do between now and Sunday to give themselves the best shot of beating the Crusaders? If Sam is Sam Ken going to be? They fit? need to. They need to. Yeah, they need they need to fix Sam Ken. Yes, yeah, because they, they need to the they, they need to give Anton Leonard Brown a slap as well because he hasn't been pulling his weight I don't think that's true. Uh, they, they beat the Crusaders in Super Rugby earlier this year by dominating the breakdown because that's an area where I think they could because the Crusaders back three all very tall like I actually worked with Doug this is probably, probably among the better eights uh, Grace at six is also very good and then seven they're kind of rotating through Harmon and uh, he's, I've, got, I've got this black hatter Tom and there's even Christy. quite strange uh, Christy as well he was, he was even injured and his, his work rate's insane all quite tall hmm. I just don't think they have um they need Sam Kane fits. So I don't think they have, like they could play Mitch Carpack if they really want to double down on it. But as you said, look, they'll just get smashed up front. Um, I don't know. Uh, even even Aaron Cruden, I don't like the fact he's not kicking for poles. Like D Max coming in a bit more ten, um, making a lot of decisions. Gets great fantasy points, but I feel like Aaron Cruden let him make more of the decisions mm-hmm. in a certain sense. Yeah. So I mean, I I think. Yeah, I think that that's a good idea. I mean, that's a good point. So if they play Sam Kane and and Lachlan Boshier in okay. tandem with either one of Jacobson or Sorokula, hopefully Jacobson because I, I desperately need him to start for my fantasy team. But um, he actually hasn't been very good lately. But mm. yeah, if they if they play that back line, uh, the back three combination, it like it is a bit eggs in one basket-y because like for when they have the ball. Um, they're just going to get monstered at the at the breakdown by guys like Cullen Grace and and Fetty Douglas, um, uh, particularly particularly uh, with with a relatively lightweight lightweight second row in Akwoi and Vaye. Um But when the, the Crusaders have the ball, I think that combination of Jacobson, Kane, and Bushier will be really effective at slowing it down and disrupting the Crusaders' like free flowing play, which is crucial. And I mean, you just need you just need mobility against the Crusaders. I feel like you just have to be so ready to spread your defense and and play rush defense and and track back when they break the advantage line, which they will, because they always just have like endless guys waiting for the offload. Um, so you just need that pace in your forwards, I think. 
Um, but it is, it's a bit of a glass cannon approach, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited f for that game. Um, I've just traded for David Havili. So, uh, uh, oh, you can announce it. Yeah, I, 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 cashed in, I, I cashed in Severis. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's, you don't reckon? Uh, what's I, your logic there? Uh, I just, I just dig Havili. I think he's the better player. I think he'll get more points than Reese. You, you, you do have a hard on for Havili. I've got a major hard on for Havili. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you look well, at my I have team, one for cutting pace. my, dif him, my so difficulty, my difficulty is, um, I've got, I've got Will Jordan and Severi. So I had Will Jordan and Severi. And right. my plan, my plan all along was to trade Reese in. I only got Reese on day one because I thought other people were going to get him, so I could take profit on him. And then when Havili was benching, a lot of people flocked to Reese, which was great. But all along, I wanted, I was going to flip him. I didn't actually want Severi. I just don't like having him. I know he scores well. I just, he's, I don't like him. But I love David Havili. So now I've got Havili and Jordan, and um, I'm, I'm feeling that that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I tried it for. I got reaction. Let me. Let me fire up my thing. We can look at everyone's trades. Yeah. Well, I want to know who you traded for, Ben, because you, you had the most money in the bank. Oh, I traded for uh, Makayele, too. Okay. Uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's, he's quite yeah, easy. I got, I, got, I, got rid of, I got rid of Jacobson. I've decided he oh. was flash in the pan, and he should. God damn it, Ben. Yeah. It's going to hit my... You're back That's going to yeah, hit me right in, the, right in the bottom line. Yeah, yeah, well, your team has so much value, Alex. I just sorry, not, I, I not guess the people listening don't have much context here. <laughs> this is this isn't a bad thing to indicate. Okay, so Ben Lowe, Sal, Luke Rekawin, by Marina Matheli, Andrew DeBlock, Audi Sevilla for Marina Matheli, okay, Adam Wakefield, Dan Coles for Cody Taylor, okay, that's a good move. Yeah, Alex, a lot of people, Alex Starr. Havili in, Reese out. Oh. Dick, Audi Sevilla for Marina Makele too. <sighs> sure. Shit, I feel like I missed the, the bus on the that money. now. Yeah, the money is and flowing. Butler. And Butler goes. Lachlan Boshia for? Marina Makele too. Fuck. Yes. Fuck. Like, <laughs> fuck. Oh, God. <laughs> I have Now his vet. Yeah, his value, like, you got, like, he's probably not going to be worth buying anymore now. I was so focused on... <laughs> on Avili. I forgot about, I forgot about the Highlanders. <laughs> no, but you just like... Uh, anyway, uh, but, like, I got to I have a new guy. Uh, the very interesting insights is, like, I need a grand time to drag my baby upstairs. Okay, cool. Uh, thanks, so, thanks for yeah, sticking but, around, Adam. I think we're going to close it off here anyway. Not... Yeah, I want to see how much two's value goes up. God, oh God, I feel so I, stupid. But look, if he has a shocker, it's it's a great for us. But I maybe actually, he like no, no. But I do like him. A, I don't want him to have a shocker because I remember well, I, had, I had him in draft season. He doesn't. He's he's the kind of player though who the only way is actually going to have a shocker is if he gets injured. Yeah. Well, we'll like see. he actually he's. he's He's I'm, got good. Uh, I'm not, not going to say I'm hoping for that, but, uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. Okay. <sighs> not um, to say I'm hoping for that. Yeah. Cool. Well, there, there you go, guys. Hot tip: bet big money on uh, Marina Mikaela too next week. Um, good. Thank you, guys. And with that, I think there's, there's nothing more to add.
from either of you, we call it a day. How long have we been on? Do we have time for a fantasy XP? Oh, no, I've got to go no. finish dinner. No, we've been for a yeah, while. Yeah, sorry, it's just over an hour, so oh. we're done. We're done. But good. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Um, thank you, Adam. Pleasure. I'm glad I managed. I'm glad Ren slipped through it. Yeah. Yeah, you just snuck in a full pod. Like, that's well, nice. Yeah. Imagine you convince your wife that, that Ren <laughs> loves the soothing sound of listening to your podcast, Adam. No, I actually pulled that earlier, and she said, no, you, boy, you're you really loud. I was like, oh, I okay. Get, I get told that too. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't get told that. I just get glared at. Oof. And, Oof. Joe, and Joe's got that, that piercing eagle eagle glare. <laughs> yeah, no, she looks right through me. Fionn <laughs> Falcon. I'll Falcon watch. I'll Falcon watch. Oh, it's not, it's not like you're good. Kate of Trask has got his, his number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> Guys, cheers, cheers boys thank you for listening everyone yeah, and good. have a good week